Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko. Exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Hello and welcome to Her First Trek. Her being me, Katie Harmon. And I am Kyle. Kyle West, your significant other. I don't feel significant. I was just going to call you an insignificant My other. My insignificant other. Your insignificant other. Yeah. yeah. That probably feels quite right. That's the dynamic. That's the Gosh. dynamic. Yeah. That's what I think every night when I go to bed, and I think about the next day. How cheerful. Harsh. Yeah. So how are you, Katie? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah, it's been two weeks since everyone listened to us talking about uh, the likes of Natasha Kaplinsky, who we found out after that recording was a real person. I'm telling you, she's a newsreader. Yeah, so I have to... Well, I never denied that she existed, I don't think. No. I just didn't really believe you about no, her i know you didn't i could see by your face but if there's anything that you should not doubt me with it's my news readers <laughs> okay i mean i i that's not true remember that for the future then but speaking of natasha kaplinsky i yeah. did watch that netflix documentary about about natasha kaplinsky. no <laughs> <laughs> all right give me a minute i'm um, ted K- kaczynski who ted. i believe has got the same name as okay natasha who, so kaplinsky. Who, who's ted kaczynski <laughs> he's the confession killer so right. that's the name of the documentary. So I didn't really know whether they were getting at this or not, but he committed some murders, including murdering his own mother. Wow. Um, and he served time for it and then he got out and he also then murdered his girlfriend and some old woman that he was living with. He then got arrested, but then he decided to help the police okay. in all the investigations because it turns out he's he, well, he claims to have murdered up to 300 women. So he had, like, a map of America, and he would, like, go in like a police officer and, like, be like, so, boys, today we're going to solve this murder that I committed. What, they knew that he'd committed it? Yeah, yeah, and they were all like, oh, if we solve um, six murders today, then we'll buy you six strawberry milkshakes. So they would, like, treat him like a colleague. It was really weird. I know. So then they were kind of implying that he might have been lying, just to, like, spend more time out of his cell and mm. get interviewed. And he used to get interviewed by, like, international teams of people and they'd buy him, like, painting sets and stuff. It's really strange. So this was in America? Yeah. What is it with American serial killers and the name Ted? It's a bit worrying. Ted Bundy? Yeah. Who's this? Ted Kaczynski. Kaczynski. Wow. I really like the name Ted, though. I'm curious if any listeners can find any other American serial killers called Ted. And don't name your kids Ted, people. Don't name your kids Ted. Get better idols. <laughs> yeah. And also, don't kill your mothers. Yeah, don't do that. We're, we're, we're good people. Well, we're not always good people. Oh, yeah. You are a mother. I know. I forgot that as I was saying it. Matricide. Like what? Matricide. I think that's what it's called when you kill your mum. Is it? Yeah. It's got a name. It happens that much that it has a name. Yeah, there's also a dad one. The dad one is... I can't remember. Pat- patricide? It's just the food chain, know. isn't it? It's the order of things that the child eventually dethrones yeah. the father. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. I feel sorry for any of our kids if they think I'm the head of this 
This no, house. you know they're coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. You know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've started quite dark on this yeah. episode. I hope people are listening to it at night time, not daytime. Because although it, might, although it might give nightmares. You want them to be scared of their not. own kids called Ted. <laughs> I just think it's weird hearing about serial killers when it's daylight out. And when you're eating your crumpets or your bowl of cereal. <laughs> it just feels weird. But I feel like if you hear about a serial killer at night... Yes, it will mess up your dreams, but you will feel more comfortable with the idea. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I don't get that logic at all. Okay, for example, you watch all these serial killer shows before you go to sleep. That's you the watch only time I get access to the TV. During the day, I watch a fantastic makeup vlogger who talks about murder mystery. You know I love her. Yeah, I found it very And weird. that's what I do when I get five minutes in my day, as I grab a Bailey Sarian, or Sarian, or however What's you her name? say her name. Bailey Sarian. Okay. I love her. She's so great. She does her makeup while she talks about murder mysteries, and I just feel like we're mates just getting ready for a night out. That's we'll, what lockdown has brought me to. We'll pop a link to her. Is it YouTube? Yeah. We'll pop a link to her YouTube channel. On the useful links on our website to oh, help that plug would be her. Great. Will that make you feel good? Like you're I mean, her? she's really famous anyway. Not know. famous enough for you to know her name. I can't pronounce it. I've always thought, like, if you're going to be famous, you need to have a name that can be pronounced. Bailey Sarah. Sa- Sa- I don't know whether I'm saying it weird because of she says it in her accent, but if I try and do it in our accent, it's like what? Yeah, I get it. But yeah, murder mystery. Yeah, interesting start to our show today. So this is the first show, without ruining people's idea of when we record things, this is the first show that we've recorded that actually has come out after I've launched nerdsince86.com, my website. Exciting. It's very exciting, actually. And for anyone who hasn't been to the website, it is nerdsince86.com. It's like a place for my voice where I talk about everything I'm watching on TV, entertainment stuff. I don't really talk on gossip or anything. It's just reviews and i've done websites before i've reviewed things like wrestling when i used to be into wrestling and stuff and it kind of eventually ruins your enjoyment when you're trying to review something critically so i like don't approach anything like that anymore now i try to find the positives in everything so nursing 86 is like a safe space for anyone who just wants to enjoy their fandoms and her first track is a part of nursing 86 it's on our patreon as well so anyone who's on the patreon gets early access to these episodes but uh, and any other track content that i do but it's just um i feel like this show is like a flagship for me with no since 86 we're like the enterprise we are like we are like the enterprise because i feel like if i can get you to be positive about 1960s episodes of star trek you know you have overcome yeah i could do anything quite the obstacle i can do anything The world is your metaphorical oyster. It is. I don't like oyster. Oh, God. Oysters look disgusting. They're like bogeys. I've never actually tried it. Are they? They look like bogeys. I don't know. You think I'm going to eat that? I'm not going to eat that. I don't know. That's nasty. You've got all sorts of weird things in your mouth. Oh, like what? Quinoa. Quinoa. I don't even know what quinoa is. First of all, it's not a slimy sea urchin. Wow. You can eat sea urchin. I feel like we've, in this show, we've really gone after people called Ted and anyone who eats oysters. So Please if you let me know what they taste like because if you can prove me wrong, I'm you, here for it. If your name is Ted and you eat oysters, I have then, so much disdain for you. I'm joking. Yeah, we clearly have really singled you out, so I apologize for that. I apologize to the Ted's out there, but, but apparently there's a very high probability that you're a serial killer, so I'm not <laughs> going to feel that bad about it. So. I was going to say get in touch and we'll give you a shout out next week if your name's Ted, but I'm a little scared to give a you 
any kind of access to yeah. a public platform. Don't give our address, whatever you do. Jeez. I could be one of those people that writes to people in prison. You could. We're here to talk Star Trek. We really are. <laughs> it's funny because before we come on these shows, we don't plan what we're going to talk about. And so to have spent the last, well, near 10 minutes talking about serial killers and oysters, it's but, just a surprise for me. Do you know, I, we, I think we've said this before, I think this is the only time of day where I actually look at you and talk to you. <laughs> People are just getting an insight into what kind of conversations we have yeah. when we're actually left alone. And sometimes we don't even talk. Sometimes we just go through the day with children. We're in lockdown as we record this and get the kids to sleep, come down. Sometimes the TV just goes on for us. We watch what we watch and then we go to bed. So sometimes there'll be a long time between conversations. It's so, a bit like when I look back through my text messages and I see that I haven't texted you for I like know, what a, jerk. a month. I mean, I know you're in the house, but not even like a meme or anything. So you know like when I open the show and I say, you know, how are you, Katie? It's That's not me just trying to put a podcast, like, you know, intro in there. I'm genuinely asking how you are. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not since the last time we recorded. No. As he asked me how I am. <laughs> Great, I'm going to get attacked now by people supporting mental health and things. And Guys, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just for the record, I am on significant dosage of drugs for mental health. So I am not uh, inconsiderate to it at all. So the Star Trek episodes we're doing this week is just from two shows because we did TNG and TOS two weeks ago in our last mm-hmm. episode. And this week we're doing Voyager and your favourite of the four tracks thus far, Deep Space Nine. Are you being sarcastic? Possibly. I thought that was like a genuine look on your face then. I was like, has he not been listening to me but at all? (laughs) I mean, that does sound about right, actually. Because we're going to talk about three episodes. We're going to talk about two DS9s and one Voyager. I figured we'd sandwich Voyager. Oh, a Janeway sandwich. A Janeway sandwich. Took the words out of my mouth then. Like I I would if it was an actual sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like like you would. And we were just talking earlier today about how important a good sandwich is to a man. Yeah, we were actually. It's the way to keep a man happy. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with you whilst we'd run out of butter for the sandwiches. And I also just had the crust ends of bread because I gave the the last butter to the kids for Eliza's toast and Harrison's sandwich. I gave them the good pieces of bread and I I had the ends. So I had an egg sandwich without any butter. I put a bit of sauce in it, which I didn't really want, just to sort of wetten it up. And then I ate them, and it was a bit dry. And then I watched my kids not eat their toast and not eat their sandwiches. And I could have had a nice, nice sandwich, but it wasn't to be. But at that moment, we realised that, you know, it is true what they say. The way you eat to a man's heart is through a good sandwich. I make a banging sandwich. You do. Given the right ingredients. We're going to have to make the Janeway sandwich now. Ooh. I wonder what Janeway would have in a sandwich. She'd be, like, somewhere between, like, classic... And something a little bit different in there, you know? Was like de- brie and bacon. So it's not just like cheese mm. and bacon, it's like brie. Okay, she'd have brie and bacon. Well, she had cranberry in it. She probably does. I think she. I, th- I think Janeway has cranberry sauce. Yeah, yeah. What a disappointment. And after such an entertaining beginning. Entertaining? These aliens gave us a great deal of resistance. We wondered how you got their cooperation without violating your oath of silence. I told them nothing. But to see you here, caged, helpless, how could you allow this? It is a disgrace to all Tusk, and the most disappointing hunt in memory. You're saying that this whole thing is a hunt and Tusk is the prey? You are right. This Tusk is unworthy of such a noble description. For this dishonor, 
you'll endure the greatest humiliation Tosk can know. To be captured and brought home alive. So the first DS9 episode we're going to talk about is Captive Pursuit. Would you like to give us a quick rundown of events in this episode and we'll talk about it a bit more thoroughly? I can't remember the names, so I'm going to describe them how I remember it. This may be amusing. (laughs) So they're hanging out on this station, right? DS9. And uh, someone comes through the wormhole and it's like a scaly thing. His name's Tosk. Tosk. And he's, if no, no, it's not his name. He's just Tosk. He is Tosk, yeah. So he comes through and he doesn't really want to be picked up by DS9, but DS9 are like, hey, come on now. And then, it was non-consensual. It was a non-consensual tractor beaming. Yeah. But they, <laughs> <laughs> but they did it and he arrived on there and it was a bit orcs. And then O'Brien and him seemed to be come quite friendly as yeah. O'Brien's like walking him around the ship and explaining life to him. Can't really explain what's the ear guy? Quark. Yeah. Can't really explain him to him because he's just like he's just an anomaly. He's just weird. They seem to strike up a little bit of a friendship and then um someone else comes through the wormhole and they Bad guys. Yeah. And they want him. And then Like not romantically. No. Well you don't know. We don't know what they do with the task. No. Mm. And they're like, hand him over. And Cisco's like, no. And then they don't really know what to do. And then they find out that Tosk is like part of a race that is bred to be chased. And that he lives his life on the run as sort of like a hunting entertainment thing. And then they want to take him and they don't want to like ruin relations between this species and them and then O'Brien helps him to escape and he says that it's like the greatest honour that he can keep going because it's like now an even more exciting toss cunt yeah they weren't even mad were they like the aliens who came aboard who expect who wanted Tosk and to kill him like they thought he was he like disgraced the whole thing and but when Miles had helped Tosk escape they were just like fantastic you know the game's afoot yeah you know and I thought that was uh that was interesting. Obviously, O'Brien got in trouble with Cisco. Yeah. But, you know, as Miles pointed out, he couldn't have actually got Tosk off the station if, I don't know, if doors hadn't opened for him or things yeah, like that. Yeah, so it was a mighty yeah. dink. Coinky dink. That those doors didn't clink shut. Yeah. Or whatever it was. All the shields were... Yeah, something happened that helped him out. DS9 thus far, when it's been good for you, yeah. you've rated it high. That's true. Because we do keep a list of your scores. So you do rate it high when, when it's good, but otherwise you're not overly impressed with it. So where does this one fall for you on that scale of, is it one of the good ones or is it one of the ones that you watched it, it existed, but <laughs> nothing else? Almost like almost like me. It exists. Wow. And functions, barely. <laughs> and that's about it. Wow. Um, well, that took a dark path, but mm. we're just going to... I think it was a serial killer talk. You've really just got me down. (laughs) Oh, come on. I watch this stuff every day and I'm upbeat. Yeah, true. I actually, I quite enjoyed this. It was a bit of a slow burner for me. But I, for the first time ever, this is a breakthrough moment. Okay, you ready? Oh, gosh, okay. Can I swear? Yes. I give a shit about one of the characters, which is nice. Because I don't normally. Which character do you give a shit about? O'Brien. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought it was mighty decent of him what he did. And he knew that he could have gotten in trouble and he seems quite a loyal person to have aboard your space station. He's a decent ship. guy. Yeah. He's Irish. Um, yeah. A lot of Irish people are decent guys. I haven't met that many Irish people. I met loads. Some of my best friends in uni were Irish, and for the few years after. I, I think I have family in Ireland at you. some point. Yeah. No, what am I saying, I think? My namesake. 
Is it? Yeah. My dad's grandma was from somewhere in Ireland. So you care about O'Brien now? Is that a long-lasting... Has that been building up throughout the... No, because I can't remember him in any other episode. What about the one where you talked gibberish? Oh, Babel. yeah, yeah. You liked Babel. I did. I, I'm it's one of your favourite ones. Huh? I'm a linguist, what can I say? Yeah, that's true, that's true. But so, yeah, I didn't really care about him at that point. I was just like, eh, you're funny. Do you think it's cool that we saw the first alien come through from the wormhole? Didn't notice. No? Okay. <laughs> now that you say it, I'm like, fine. When they bring it up, you're kind of like, wait... No aliens have come through the wormhole yet. Yeah. But it kind of makes a lot of sense when you think about it because no one knew that wormhole was there, yeah? Mm. And it took ages for anyone in the Alpha Quadrant to find it. So, presumably, no one on the Gamma Quadrant side had found it either because they weren't coming through the wormhole beforehand. So it makes sense that no one really is going to find the wormhole on the Gamma side until they see other ships in the Alpha Quadrant coming in and out yeah, of it. You know what I mean? That's just come to me now as I was talking about it. But mm. what about the makeup on Tosk? I thought it was really, really good. I like when I see them go like full alien, which is funny because one reason I didn't used to like Star Wars or anything was because they look too alien and stuff. Some of the characters, it just seemed a bit, I don't know. But their aliens are unbelievable. Sorry. Yeah, but, but they just are. But I've seen so much Trek where the aliens have just had like a different forehead or a nose ridge or something that when I see, when I go back now and see like the full head pieces that they have like for Tosk, I like it. What did you think of Tosk though? Like, did when he goes to weapons locker and he wants to find like weapons, did you think Tosk was a bad guy at that point? Yes. And okay. that was quite a nice little twisty moment for me. And actually, I thought the whole concept of that being a thing was really interesting from like a I don't know, prime directive point of view. Yeah. Like you don't want to get involved with it, but at the same time, it's kind of inhumane. I didn't know how they were going to find a happy ground to leave on. Yeah. But they did. They did. They made it Thanks, happen. Miles. I mean, presumably Tosk died not long after. Sure. But it's what you wanted. Yeah. But it's sad. God, there's been a lot of death on this show already. Yeah. 300 women in America. Someone's mum. Ted's mum. My sandwich. And now, Tosk. My soul. Your soul. <laughs> wow. No, no, actually, my soul died earlier because are we going to talk about what you said to me earlier? Oh, if you want to. I'll let you tell the story, then I'll tell what actually happened because I feel like you're going to miss out details. Sure. You called me a Klingon. Right, well, is there any more you want to add to that? He said that I look like a Klingon. Okay, all right. 80s Klingon. Is that what you said? Was that the right decade? I think I just said a Klingon, a TNG Klingon. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that was okay. it. Yeah, because I wanted to clarify it. I mean, it's weird because like Discovery Klingons, I'm oddly titillated by Lorel. Mm. Lorel's kind of hot. I don't know if it's because I've seen no Klingon boobies. I don't know what it is. Mary Chifo, that's how you pronounce her surname. One of the Christmas friends who got me was a cameo from her and it she spoke amazing. for ages. She spoke for ages. I thought this is going to be a 30 second, you know, hi Kyle, blah, 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 that's it. But she spoke for ages. It was very personal. So by the way, if you're ever thinking about getting a cameo from a Trek star, Mary Chifo, I would recommend her. Oh, absolutely. She even gave us some like quotes in Klingon. Yeah. Really poignant ones as well that she'd yeah. like marked out in a book. and Which I think she probably does for everyone, but it felt like she was trying to find ones that were relevant to the details you'd given her yeah. about me. So I thought that was great. She was wicked. Yeah. I'm a big Laurel fan. But yeah, I did say that you looked like a Klingon. Now, before anyone... Is getting on my back. I said this after you'd had a shower and I, had you washed your hair, I guess? Yes. And what, blow, blow dried it? Or? Yes. So your hair was just out, sticking up and big and you hadn't done anything with it yet. And, and I wasn't planning to. I looked at to. you and jokingly said, oh, you look like a Klingon from TNG with the big hair and stuff, which I thought was funny. But you took that as I was saying you generally looked like one, which is what I wasn't doing. I was trying to make a funny joke. I mean, some and people... what have I done since? I'm guessing looking at you now, you've straightened it? Yeah. Oh, no, really? Because I thought we are going to be sitting opposite each other in the podcast, and I don't want him sitting there thinking I look like a Klingon. Oh, really? 
No, you don't have to check like straight in your hair for me. Oh God. Although you did say to me the other day that you like it when I make an effort because I never do that anymore. <laughs> I'm going to do some serious editing on this podcast so I don't come off like a true abuser. <laughs> I mean, you're taking all these conversations out of context. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and clear that one up. I don't think it's I feel a good like idea. I feel like I'm going to come across as too defensive, but... <laughs> I think you're aware of the damage you're doing to me right now. <laughs> and you are definitely taking out of context. Well, luckily for you, you're on entertainment duty, so... <laughs> Not that I don't enjoy the repartee, but was there a reason you stopped in? I need a second opinion on this. Who gave you the first opinion? I gave it to myself. It's a sample of residue we picked up in a nebula. A nebula? What were we doing in a nebula? No, wait, don't tell me. We were investigating. That's all we do around here. Why pretend we're going home at all? All we're going to do is investigate every cubic millimeter of this quadrant, aren't we? So let's switch gears. To our filling. Yeah, let's jump into the uh, the filling of the sandwich. Janeway, Voyager, first season. Which, by the way, um, it's a short first season of Voyager, so you'll get onto the second season of that quicker than any of the other shows. Why? Uh, I think it was just the time it started airing. So oh. It didn't get a full season, it was like a 16-episode season. 17. So the episode of Voyager that we're doing today is The Cloud. Mm-hmm. Which I completely remembered as a different episode. So I need to look at which one I got wrong before. I can't tell you. There's another one with the same... Is there? ...similar name, The Cloud... You've been looking. There was a bit of trivia or no. nothing. I'll let you know when we get to it. It's in the first season, I know it is. So yeah, The Cloud, which... You know, Voyager for you had been on a roll. I think actually in our ratings you had it as like your highest ranked show thus far. But uh, do you want to talk about this episode for everyone? Let us know what happened in it, Kate. Tell us. So, starts off and Janeway's after her coffee. You know, everyone needs their coffee to start their morning. But because they're stuck in the middle of nowhere, they're having to use, like, a little bit of rationing. And, do you know, I only remember this bit because of your coffee cup <laughs> yeah. that you have. And then Neelix tries to give her some, like, stuff that looks like... Tar? Poo. Or gravy. 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 Poo gravy. Mix. It looks great, anyway. And then it's because their energy is running low and then they realise that they're going to drive past this drive cruise by some nebula and it's got some energy in it. And they're like, oh, let's go in there. Let's have me some of that. Omicrons, I think it was, isn't it? Sure. I don't know. There's I don't know what they are. There is coffee in that nebula. There is coffee in that nebula. Was I actually using my cup at that time as well? I can't remember. Because I remember I was joking about the you mug so saying... You Star Trek mugs. Yeah, you know, I was joking about the mug saying there's coffee in that nebula and it was a Voyager mug and I, I think before that episode or whilst it was airing and we saw the coffee thing I think I said to you that's what my cup says before she said the line like, I don't even know if it was a line spoken in the show or not but I know she likes her coffee and then I think like a minute later she delivers the line there's coffee in that nebula it's just weird that we'd had that chat 60 seconds before it so they basically think they're getting stuck in there or yada yada so they punch a hole out but it turns out that actually the nebula was not a nebula it was a like living <gasps> Yeah, see. We actually have watched more episodes since this one, so poor Katie's having to think back on I'm these ones. Rocking the spring. Yeah. But the yeah, it was a living like being of some sort. So they realized they'd wounded it and it was gonna bleed out and die, so they had to go back in and try to heal it, because that's what Starfleet do. Interesting it was Taurus who pushed for that, who's from the Maquis, but she's already showing that she's back to like the Starfleet ideals. They go in, the, the nebula is kind of rejecting it mm. for a while, but they managed to work it. It was like a, I can't remember what they did. Space babble. Yeah, loads of technobabble, space babble. Kind of cauterized the wound and got the hell out of there. At the same time, Paris was trying to get, get lucky. Kim Laid. He was trying to get Kim laid, yeah. 
uh, in the holodeck, a French bar, I think it was Marseille, where they were, I can't remember the name of the bar, but Paris had made it like this place from when he was in the academy, doing some of his training. You'd think he'd created characters in there that were people as well, which is always weird, because you're based on real people. If you then end up as he went for Harry, end up sleeping with them, is that not... Double dipping. Oh, no, I didn't mean double dipping. I just meant like, imagine you have a friend now and he, he makes a hologram of you and then proceeds to have sex with that hologram. Do you feel violated by that? Well, that's not me, is it? So, Is it a violation of you, though, if they've modelled it on you? I mean, they're probably not going to see those people again. If I then meet up with that friend and he's like, hey, never guess what I did the other day, you, I'd be like, what? That would effectively ruin our friendship, but they're yeah. not going to see these people again. So I think you've got to do what you've got to do to get by. <laughs> the Delta Quadrant. The Delta Quadrant. Slash Marseille. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode actually Janeway comes in there and everyone's like oh shit we've brought the captain along to this fun place turns out she's really cool at pool they were playing so that was cool that's something me and her have in common alright yeah you've beaten me a few times yeah badly in public places yeah I don't know how it happens because you don't seem to know what you're doing with it and I'm not that bad how dare you I don't know what I'm doing exactly <laughs> um, but yeah I like that little bit with people kind of realising that the captain was a person Mm. rather than just like a stone figure that has to just go and do her duties yeah well, that's I agree. quite sweet and if you want to hang out with any captain, it's probably... Oh. Oh. What were you going to say? Well, I know I don't want to hang out with Cisco. I mean, that guy is like a lead balloon. Oh, jeez. He is like a fun plug hole. <laughs> Do you know what? Archie would be nice I'd to love, I'd love Archer to ask me for food in his, his little captain's mess. I'd really love it. You, you'd, have, you'd have a good chat with Archer. Mm. So Who would you want to go for a drink with? Who would I want to go for a drink yeah. with? Who would be um, your bar of all buddy? the captains? Mm. Well, it would be Archer. But if we're going off the four shows we're currently doing on here, um, probably have a lot of fun with Kirk. But it might be Janeway, you know. Yeah. As long as she guaranteed me she's going to stay out for the night having a drink, you know, not like She'll one and done. In. Then I think I'd have good fun with Catherine. What do you think of this episode, though? I mean, we've described the plot. There wasn't a real whole lot of plot on this. No, for about it, forty-four it was, minutes of TV. It was a- it was, it was thin. Yeah. <laughs> it was thin. So what did yeah. you... Th- oh, I mean, no one can see your face right now, but... It was it was thinner than the walls of the nebula that they went through. Ooh. I don't know. It was that particularly thin. I don't know, because it was like, it's out of body, so... Okay, so t- talk to me about this one, then. What did um, you really think? I was really geared up for it. Yeah. With, like, the beginning of it seemed like they had this real problem. I don't know. On reflection, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't like a grabber. I think you said it was just okay. It was okay. Not I mean, your favourite one so far, I, Voyager. I, I mean, I forgot what happened. I was excited for when they went mm. to the cloud and I was like, ooh, energy. And then Something when... we both need as parents. <laughs> yeah. of I'd a love to go and like, bathe in that nebula. So it's just like snow angels in it. Why <laughs> did I need to do the action? Nobody's looking at me. But it was, it was okay. It was okay. I can't say anything else about it. Do you like the, the attempt at mixing Janeway with the crew? It's so like the stuff in the bar. Obviously, Paris was telling Kim at the beginning not to ask Janeway to come mm. onto their table for breakfast or whatever she was there for. Because he said, you know, captain's meant to be kept separate, which I kind of agree. You know, I've been the boss for yeah. you know, a decade of my life, if not more. And I learned the hard way that you kind of have to keep separate from your team. And there's only certain kind of team members that you can socialize with and and have a drink with or something like that but yeah i can kind of see paris's side of it where do you fall on that would you be harry kim or would you be tom paris oh i'd 100 percent be trying to get her to like chill yeah you would wouldn't you because anyway i would probably be like that because i can draw the line at let's be friends but also i understand that you're my boss so you'd never completely let loose in front of them 
But they're also in a completely different situation. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere. Who knows if they're ever going to get home, what they're going to do, tiptoe around her mm. for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Probs not. And if she's going to like have any babies, because you'd assume the ship was going to have to become a, like a generational ship. Someone's going to have Isn't to... Isn't she married? I don't know, a boyfriend. She's too loyal. Mark, is it Mark? Am I thinking of someone else? I don't know. I might be thinking of Stargate Atlantis, I'm not sure. But <laughs> very similar situation there. I think with the dog as well. Jeez. The it dog. really did rip off. Yeah, Jamie had a dog, didn't she? Remember in the pilot when she's talking to her other half? Oh, yeah. And there's a photo, isn't it, she keeps looking at? I'm pretty sure that Stargate Atlantis did the same thing. Yeah, well. Uh, so not a good one from Voyager this time. I feel like the idea was there. But... Story was by Brandon Braga, who ends up taking over the show sooner or later. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just having to temper your expectations. No, no, <laughs> no. It was it was okay. I mean, the I get I get what they were trying to do with it, but mm. maybe it's like the build up before. I like Janeway. I really like her. I just don't care about anyone else. I can't even remember anyone else. Tom Paris. I thought he was gonna have a bigger part than he has. Yeah. Harry Kim's nice. Yeah. But he's just the kind of person that you walk past in the hallway and go, "Hi, are you right?" This he episode, goes, yeah, he fine. said that he remembers being in his mother's womb. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you know what I thought when he said that, though? You're a serial killer. We might as <laughs> yeah. well just call you Ted now. <laughs> yeah, should we call you Ensign <laughs> Ted? Uh, but also, of course you do, Harry. It just seems such a Harry Kim thing that, of course, Harry Kim would remember being inside the womb. Does anyone actually remember that? People say they do. It's probably I don't a thing, it. isn't it? I don't yeah, know There's, there's one woman, isn't there, that she remembers every moment of her life. And, like, you can say to her, what's the third word on the 56th page of Harry Potter? book one and she knows what it is really yeah wow what's her name natasha Kutlinski. the irony is i don't remember <laughs> that feels like a name you should remember <laughs> not natasha Kutlinski. if you listen to this natasha <laughs> the very, Can I say hi the very slim chance then uh yes please don't take offense and say hi come on the show you hit me picard never hit me i'm not picard indeed not you're much easier to provoke how fortunate for me. All right, let's talk about the last episode we're going to do today then. DS9. And it featured a character who you know. I do. Who? Q. We're talking about Qless, which is, uh, I think, sixth or seventh episode of DS9, a crossover episode, which originally wasn't a crossover episode. Okay, when they first put the story together. It was, well, it kind of was because it had Vash in the original story, but Q was not originally a part of it. And they added him in because of the connection to Vash. Do you remember enough to talk about this one? Yeah, I think so. Okay, hit me. Not really, though. So, a ship comes through the wormhole, and Dax and somebody are stuck inside, and they're trying to get them out, and it's all very tense, and then they manage to get through, and it's Dax and somebody called Vash, who's very pretty. She's pretty. She's really pretty. She's from TNG, which you haven't seen the episode she's been in yet. Oh, I can just imagine what happens there. A Jean-Luc yeah. happens there. I bet they gravitate towards each other, yeah. hips first. The Picard manoeuvre. That's the real Picard manoeuvre. Is there an actual Picard manoeuvre? Yeah, I, think, I can't Is remember that... what it's called though. I remember it was in like, they talk about it at the end of Picard, have you seen that? Oh, I just remember the Janeway manoeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> which is always the wrong answer. Yeah, apparently. was it Janeway Protocol? Oh, maybe. Well, it's always the right answer except for the situation yeah. in which Rutherford used it. Anyway. Vash. So she's been in the Gamma Quadrant for a few years, two years, three years, and she didn't go through the wormhole. No. So Cisco can't make sense and the team can't make sense out of, you know, how does she get there then? Because she's human. Uh, we... Do they ask her or do they just 
Does she just not tell them? I think she just doesn't give them information, really. Oh. Uh, but we okay. know she got there through Q. Uh, we see Q very quickly. So should say as well, this is the first time that you have seen Q, Baron is Lower Decks yeah. cameo since the TNG premiere. So you haven't seen Q evolve past that main sort of villain yeah, totally side. Different. On this, on this is like during the sixth season of TNG. So he's made loads of appearances by this point. So he's very, very different. Basically, just a pest. <laughs> he is a pet. Well, yeah, he is. He is a pest. He's a Q pest. Uh, so Q wants Vash to come back out journeying with him. She won't. Uh, she's going to try and sell some stuff in the Gamma Quadrant. Turns out one of the things she's got is what's causing the problems on the station and on the runabout. Which I is a, definitely it's... thought it was Q. Yeah, yeah. Did you think you really thought it was Q? Well, because I only know him as being this like mm. dickhead. But it wasn't him. He said it wasn't him. No. He. It was one of these pieces of uh, technology. It was actually a life form. But mm. Vash didn't really brought back and they let it outside the ship, outside the station, sorry. DS9 started to sort of come back to life before everyone died. And then uh, the life form went back through the wormhole. Yeah. And that was it. And Vash ended up going off on a dig somewhere after initially deciding to go back to Earth. And Q left her alone. Mm. We had a great fisticuffs between Cisco and Q. Oh, that and was Q created a little box for and he wanted to hit, to hit him. And then I love that Q was punching Cisco, but Cisco just wasn't flinching. He was just taking his headshots and Q cleared no strength behind him. And then Cisco just threw one punch and Q just went down. <laughs> I just don't believe him as a badass yet. Who? Cisco? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm just not there. He just punched Q. Picard sure. never hit him. Yeah, but Picard uses his words yeah. to knock people out. Cisco uses his fists. I just don't I just don't buy it. Oh, man. If it was Archer or something, I'd be like... Oh, totally. Kirk was as well. Kirk would, would throw... Kirk's shirt would rip as he threw the punch. Yes. Kirk foo. Kirk would all Kirk would have had from the punches from Q would be like a bloody lip. That's what Kirk likes. And then he would have wiped that away and then bang. Yeah. Punched Q. And he would have been in one of those like old man vests with trousers up to here. <laughs> yeah. So Put him up. Put him up. What did you think then about the interactions between Q and the DS9 crew? Obviously, O'Brien recognised him, but mm. Q had no idea who O'Brien was. Even said, oh yes, weren't you one of like the little people or something, wasn't it? Mm. What do you think about that? It's a bit different from what you've seen previously. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's all more of like a joke. It's a bit more light-hearted. It's like, oh bloody hell, what are you doing here? Rather than, oh god, our lives are in danger because you're near us. But you could tell, though, that they knew he's dangerous. Yeah, and Kira especially had like a real standoffish thing with him. I think. <laughs> yeah, Q advised Cisco to keep an eye on her because she was probably yeah. after his job. Uh, Cisco had mentioned that he'd a few years earlier been to like a seminar thing on Q as well. So like, I love how he must be like a module in the academy now. <laughs> yeah, and I love as well that like in my head, if there was a seminar like where they're warning all these Starfleet commanders and stuff about Q and what he is, or then I feel like Q would probably just arrive there. <laughs> And just cause chaos at that seminar. Special guests. It just feels like he would love to know that there was a seminar about him going on. So uh, I feel like Q probably does bug more Starfleet vessels than we're aware of. Lower Dex has suggested that by the fact he showed up on the Cerritos. And Marinus showed some kind of familiarity with him, at least. The story as a whole, basic premise of she's brought back a device that... uh, Well, an artifact, she didn't know what it was. It's destroying the station. But then they get rid of it and it's gone. I mean, very basic for you. What do you think of it? I love the story. I, I actually, I hated Q, didn't I? What in the, the first time? TNG. Yeah. yeah. You did well. You did. 
you're interesting the idea of seeing him again, I think. But now Well, you thought he's... he was a one and done. Yeah. And you were surprised, pleasantly surprised when I told you that Q was going to be in more. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously very different and that was fine. And I and I was really pleased that he wasn't actually causing problems on the vessel because I thought, oh God, he's just causing havoc again. Too easy if it was Q just yeah. coming on and... Um, the story was... I thought the story was quite good, actually. Oh, I just can't bear Quark. 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 Yeah. I call him Quark. I like the food. Quark. Quark. Is that food? Yeah. It's Is like, it? It's sort of like tofu. Oh, God. In Germany, they love it. Germans love Quark. Actual ear Quark. No, I just, Yeah, that was... Going for oh, the line. I don't know. I bet they do, though. Germ- Germany is full of track fans. Really? Mm. So one of their hot spots in... Uh, outside of America... Germany's a hot spot for wow. track love. Yeah, you damn right. The Germans were like, yeah, you're tight with them, so you are now one of those trackies. Okay, so that's our three episodes for this week. So next time we'll be talking about three episodes again, but we're mixing it up uh, as well. So uh, two DS nines this week. I should ask you actually before we go. I mean, you liked Culus, Captive Pursuit kind of was there. I mean, DS nine. How how are you feeling on DS nine right now? I feel like the base work hasn't been so strong, so I'm I'm climbing up, but it's a slow one. Every rung <laughs> is a challenge. Yeah. Oh god, I think we're getting towards a a rough period possibly as well. So <laughs> why? I just see some episode titles and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I'm like that. I'm like that with TNG though. And then you're like, I love it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this one. <laughs> I love it. How shocking. (laughs) So that's it for us then on this one, I think. Uh, We will be releasing a brief after show to go this episode. So if you're on the Patreon, which is at www.patreon.com forward slash nerd since 86 on the Trekkie package and um, some of the other bigger packages, uh, you get early access to this show, but you also get the exclusive after show, which is only available on our Patreon, where we will be talking about how you would rank these episodes. So which was your favourite, which was your least favourite, and more, maybe. We'll see how the conversation goes. So for me just more rambling from us. It might just be more rambling. It's probably going to be more rambling. So thank you very much for listening. Bye. Hosted by Katie Harbin and myself, Kyle West, her first Trek, a Star Trek review podcast, is produced by nerdsince86.com and is part of the hollowsweetmedia.com podcast network. If you would like extra content from us, including early access to her first Trek episodes, our Patreon-exclusive Her First Trek After Show, where we rank the episodes we've discussed each show, early access to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast episodes, and much, much more, you can become a valued supporter of our show by signing up to our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 for more details. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Her First Trek, be sure to follow at Her First Trek on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. To join the holosuitemedia.com community discussion group, simply type The Nexus, Holosuite Media's listeners community, into the Facebook search bar. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek Review Podcast.
Okay, well, it's one of those things where, like, you would expect, like, as medical history gets better and everything, like, life expectancy gets longer, just like we've experienced in our own kind of world and planet, right? Like, it's way better now than it was 50 years ago versus 100 versus 200, so. Versus 5,000 years ago where you'd be lucky to live to, like, 30? Yeah, exactly. We'd already (laughs) be done and dusted, my friend. Well, or we'd be super old. Right, we'd be like the village elders. (laughs) Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Starbase 1, the Star Trek Online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase 1. Welcome to Starbase 1. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Star Podlog, the classic science fiction and fantasy podcast. Well, and and it's amazing reading that description of the movie, because if I was going to write a description of Star Wars, that's not exactly what I would say. <laughs> but, but I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's neat to go back and read these and you're going, wow, that's just, you know, they, they don't really make it sound as exciting there, but they still, I mean, they make it look like, yeah, you want to see it, but, but not for, for those reasons exactly. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.